0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Skate Podcast on weei.com and the Radio.com app. For the first time in 39 years... Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. Talking Bruins and the NHL. Sure, old-time hockey. Like it is sure. Yeah, yeah. With Ken Laird from the Greg Hill Morning Show. That's evidently what Ken Laird wants you to believe. And WEEI.com Bruins writer Matt Calman. Everything gonna be all right? <laughs> Place him up for some bees talk right now. It's the skate park. Some skate. I'll give it a B. B plus. On WEEI. Oh, this is a big-time show. It is a
1: big-time <laughs> show.
0: Well, as you listen to this, uh, we know that the Calvin family is uh, ankle deep in eggnog, so uh, oh god, you know it could be ugly. But it's
1: one of those years where Christmas and Hanukkah overlap. There's going to be tornado in my house.
0: But Merry Christmas to you and yours. Happy Merry holidays, Christmas. to everybody out there. The Skate Pod never rests, never. so we deliver even on the 25th, 26th, whatever this is that we uh, issue this. Steve Shields, former Bruins goaltender. Now an assistant coach, has a weird, weird title with the Michigan Wolverines. He's not a goalie coach there. He's like, what, just an assistant or a team? Yeah, an assistant or, uh, I don't know what he's called, team, program. team, team chaplain. <laughs> <He's got> some, <laughs>
1: these, these college, just like NHL staffs. these college tests are just huge, and they just give everybody all these crazy titles. Look, these development de- the departments and NHL teams, where they have three or four people with Chris Kelly's title. You know, it's
0: crazy. Uh, Steve Shields was here in 0203 for a little bit. We'll talk about that with him. And, of course, John Beecher, the first-round pick of the Bruins, is there. And talk about his progress. You actually got an autograph once from Steve Shields. So I you did. Were you know, he
1: rang. He he record, He reminded me that. Uh, I mean, I guess full disclosure. Now, you know, I was kind of a Sabres fan from the time I was maybe in my early teens, still college. Um, I loved Dave Andrechuk, Pat LaFontaine, and then Dominic Hasek became my uh, probably my number one hockey player and top two or three athlete I've ever loved. Right with Charles Oakley, with the Knickerbockers, and uh, yeah, I went to a, a Sabres fan fest. In the uh, 90s and got a Steve Shields autograph there. That's
0: incredible. It's all coming full circle for you. And, of course,
1: Steve Shields played for Michigan against BU when I was at BU, and I believe he beat us, or maybe we beat him. I can't quite remember which years it was then.
0: Well, before we get the the John Beecher review of how he's done, it's only been a couple months, but he is, as we record this, leading the uh, Wolverines in scoring. Now he's gone overseas for a little bit. Uh, but he's a young guy. What What are the expectations? Do you hear buzz around the Bruins like when they expect they, they're not thinking Beecher next year? Are they?
1: I don't think they're thinking Beecher next year. I think I think they're thinking at least a two year plan here because they don't need him desperately. I mean, if he had gone to well, like,
0: if Coyle's a, uh, a winger, maybe you do need him desperately.
1: <laughs> well, obviously, you could fill that hole at some point, but um, they know what that there's, that there's some some edges that have to be you know roughed out, whatever you call call for this guy. And uh, that's why they can afford to be patient. That's what you do with your late first-round picks. You don't rush them. I mean, clearly, if he was tearing up the nation – They'd probably be changing their their opinion, or if Patrice Bergeron's groin just blew up, they would need to, to rush the uh, yeah. the process here. But they, they're going to take their time with him; they don't have to rush him. And uh, good for them. I mean, this is a guy that's gonna he's going to play in the NHL, and he's going to be at least the middle six forward. So,
0: well, what gets you excited or hear pe- hearing people talk about him that are in yeah. the know? And you'll hear Shields talk about his skating ability. And so I'm, I'm like, boy, is he Crosby? What? Who is this? What's 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 coming down the pipeline here when you when you start. Gushing about a guy's this size that can skate like this. Who is John Beecher? What's he going to be? Yeah,
1: he's going to be a <laughs> center that can skate, and it's going to be interesting to see how much the rest of his game rounds in. Obviously, the shot needs to improve and needs to get stronger, and yep, needs to work ethic everything. And, and, but, and right, and Steve, you'll hear Steve talk about you know work ethic and just competitiveness. Um, but you know, clearly, there's, there's there's so much talent there that this guy it, it was you know kind of a steal because. A late first round pick. If if he's just your third line center down the road, that's a great value pick. So I mean, there's nothing. If that's the bottom of what he can be, and then there's a chance for him to be better, that's that's great.
0: Follow us, of course. Uh, download uh, the Skate Pod and subscribe. And we are presented by Red River, the exclusive sponsor of the Skate Podcast. iTunes on the Apple Apple uh, Podcast,
1: Stitcher, yep. Google Radio dot com, Google Play. We
0: love the reviews. Keep those coming. And next week, don't forget special year in review episode. With Calman and Mike Loftus, but here this week it's Steve Shields. Well, our next guest called in on the hotline, and uh, Tom Brady was the last guy to call, so it comes up as Tom Brady on the wow. call screener. But they're both Michigan guys; <laughs> they uh, only now, comes so, from yeah, Michigan. Yeah. I know. So Steve Shields joins us, who is part of the Michigan Wolverine coaching staff, of course on the ice, not on the gridiron. And had would Steve? Would you say a cup of coffee in Boston? Is that the way you would describe your uh, your o two o three season here?
2: Well, if comparing me to Tom, then I would say a cup for sure. <laughs> if that that yeah, one season and a training camp the following year.
0: Oh, okay. And a little playoff run, right?
2: Little playoffs, one round. I believe it was five games. Yep. Lost and out to Jersey. Right. The uh um, yeah. yeah, it was quick. <laughs> what was
1: it how would you would you compare was it pressure packed to play goal in Boston? I mean, uh, we we have is taking the heat here all the time.
2: Well, right. Well, I mean First of all, I'm a huge fan of Tuca. I think the goaltending in Boston's great. It's been great for a long time, but I had a, I had a great time in Boston. I, I really wish I was a different player and, first of all, could have enjoyed it. Second of all, could have had more success in Boston. I just think that when you have success in markets like that, that are hockey markets, it's just your life is in another place, and it's an amazing experience, and I – you know, I wasn't the goalie that I probably thought I was or wanted to be. So, in that sense, it wasn't for me uh, professionally a great year. But I mean, it was really a great city to live in, and I really enjoyed it.
0: Who who do you remember from that team? That was Joe Thornton was the most prominent name at that time, right?
2: Yeah, Joe was Joe was the big name. Um, you know, uh, Glenn Murray, Maz. Who had a breakthrough season Mm -hmm. the year I was there playing with Joe? I can't remember how many goals he had, but he had probably 40 goals at least. Uh, Mike Knubel, who was my teammate at Michigan, also had a really big year. Martin Lapointe was there that year. Brian Rolston was there. PJ Axelson uh, on the, you know, up front, which you know, to me, we were a really good team, mm-hmm. you know, where we were missing was, you know, we didn't get the goaltending. We probably needed to be a top tier team, but offensively we had a really good group of guys. It was a really serious team from what I remember. Um, and we were, you know, we were poised to be a better team just at the end of the day, I, you know, Robbie Petorek ended up getting let go right before the playoffs, uh, and then Michael Connell, who was the GM, took over right down the stretch. And then I believe I started the first couple of games of the playoffs in Jersey. We didn't win. Jeff Hackett, who then was brought in as a goalie later on in the year, finished off the series. Uh, you know, but it was interesting for me because that series was the first time I ever really gained an enormous amount of respect for Martin Brodeur, mm. who played goal for you know obviously for Jersey. You know, before we played them in the playoffs, I just never, I was like any other fan. I just never thought that Martin Brodeur had to do very much for them. And then, you know, I thought this is a stand up goalie who's not really covering the bottom of the net. How can he be that good? And then we played him in the playoffs and he just dominated us. And he played some of the most, the best goaltending that I'd seen. And from that point on, I had a lot more respect for a goalie like that who, you know, Didn't necessarily perform as amazing in the regular season year to year, but was always their best player in the playoffs. For me, it was a really big learning experience. Did you cross paths with Tim Thomas at that time? Yeah, Tim was up. Uh, You know, this is the story of my career pretty much goes. I was a pretty good goalie, had the potential to be a decent player, a starter, and then always ran into another, you know, either I was a great guy to play with, or just bad luck, because I played with a bunch of goalies who ended up being really, really good starters, (laughs) and I always ended up finding my way to the back of the line, and that was the case in Boston where we started off with John Graham and myself, and, you know, Tim Thomas came up at spurts, Andrew Raycroft came up at spurts, and that was after I had played on teams where I started as the starter in San Jose, and Evgeny Nabokov came up, and... You know, the rest is history with him. And then I went to Anaheim, and J.S. Jaguar was there. Hmm. And, you know, I started off the starter there, lost my job. <laughs> he went on to have a great career. Right. And, you know, and this was all after playing with Dominic Hosek for a couple of years right. where I thought, finally, right. I'm out from somebody's shadow. Right. I'm going to go establish myself as a player. And, you know, and I always found my way to where I belong. It this was never where I thought I should be. <laughs>
0: That's enough for a book right there. I don't know if you have plans down the road, but just just that those stories alone. Uh,
2: well, there's a lot, a lot of great bowlers. I, you know, a lot of opportunity to learn from guys who were very successful and had to do it like, like Tim had to do it the hard way, the hardest way. And that's you know he grinded in Europe, came back, and never really got a fair shake until he just you know opened the door himself, wedged his foot in and made it happen year right. after year, you know, and I got a lot of respect for guys like that. Well, we didn't intend to do it that st- way.
0: We weren't planning on this being the 03 uh, Bruins retrospective, but, I, I mean, since we're going down
2: the roster <laughs> Does anybody area, really want that? Well, I, <laughs> you
0: I, never know. <laughs> but it's kind of interesting, and, and actually yeah. that's the last year Don Sweeney played with the Bruins as a player, and you yeah. guys were about yes, the same is. age, so you, yeah. you, you must know Don pretty well.
2: Yeah, I, and I see Don around, uh, you know, Don's one of these general managers who actually goes out and he watches right. the games and he watches their prospects. And, you know, it's great. I mean, to me, you know, Donnie's always felt like your dad. Uh, you know, like when I, when I played with Don, he's the exact same as he is today. Uh, you know, he's a family guy. He knows what he's doing. He shows up. He does his job. And he's a professional. And when I see him now, he looks the same. And he, you know, and he talks to me like, you know, like no time passes by between, you know, when I've seen him last, and, you know, when you have people like that in your organization, I think it's great because it just, it's always got that safe feeling. Hmm. And obviously, the Bruins—they're just who they are. They're consistent and a top-flight organization.
0: Well, one of Donnie's guys is now one of your guys uh, with John Beecher, who was their first-round pick. How's John developing?
2: Yeah, Johnny's great. Uh, you know. I think that, you know, if you're a team and you're picking late in the first round, Johnny Beecher is a guy that, you know, you, you feel very fortunate to see at the end of a first round. He's got, you know, and the thing that's, that stands out with me is, you know, John Beecher's got the things that you can't teach a hockey player. And that is, you know, really just an innate ability to skate. And this guy can skate and, you know and i haven't seen small tall big you know power forwards i haven't seen a guy that skates better than johnny beecher Mm. and he shoots the puck you know and the things i notice about guys are you know do they do things like pros would do when it comes to passing and the way they release the puck at the net and johnny beecher has those things where you know when you watch him in practice. And, you know, and he's got a lot to learn in other parts of his game. He's a work in progress like all these young guys. But, sure. you know, if I, a, if I was a Bruins fan, I would be, you know, very excited for the future where, you know, a guy like Johnny who, who becomes ready and a pro prospect is, in my opinion, a guy, if, you know, if we do our jobs the right way, he should be a guy that has a lot of success for a team like Boston for a long time.
1: So you talk about the other areas. You talk about the other areas where he, where he might need some work. I mean, just stepping into the college game the way he has this year. What do you think the, the greatest challenge that, that, he's, that he's faced has been?
2: You know, this is what I find with a lot of you know, with most of the young guys now mm-hmm. is they are young. They're kids, and you know, they're kids that were brought up by people who were my age, my generation, and you know, we give them everything. You know, and so Johnny's a guy who you know is a fortunate kid where he's you know he comes from a small town, but he played at the program at the u s a program right and they're given a lot there and you know I find that sometimes with guys like that it's it's very you know it's very difficult for some of those young guys to really keep their edge twenty four seven and to, get that, to have that feeling where you have to fight and claw your way to where you want to go.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, you know, and Johnny's no different than any of those guys where, you know, if, if he has one thing that, you know, that I would think that, that they want him to work on, and that's just like everybody else that's young is his consistency sure. and learning to respond to adversity in a way that doesn't take away from his game, right. you know. So in that respect, The same as every other player, except for, you know, Johnny's got some high-end skating ability and talent, and it's just a matter of, you know, when can Johnny get it all together and be the same player every game? Because that's what, for me, you know, the the teaching point that I talk to the guys about are, you know, what is a pro coach? What do they love about their players? They love that the good players and the pros – They're the same every day. The coach doesn't have to wonder what they're going to get. They know what they're going to get. And that's where the young guys now, where they come and they go and they have their ups and downs and they're dealing with school and their personal life and their girlfriends and everything else that comes with it. And they have to learn that when you get to the rink, you have to check in like it's your job because it will be your job. And if you want it to be your career and if you want – all the spoils that come with being a pro athlete, there's a lot of hard work that has to go into it. And it's exciting for me because they're just learning that. And most of the time, all these guys, they respond in a great way. And, you know, in that sense, I'm excited for Johnny. You know, he's on his way to the Czech Republic now. He's trying out for the world junior team. Right. Uh, You know, hopefully he gets a great opportunity to play there, has success and you know, and I, you know, what I would tell Johnny is, you know, the Boston Bruins, they don't need Johnny Beecher right now, which is a good thing. Right. You know, I, I would love Johnny to be one of these guys that, you know, plays at least two years in college. Sure. And then if in that sense, you know, the Bruins can, can take a look and see. And when Johnny turns pro, hopefully he's a guy that's ready to go. But, you know, nobody's giving away those jobs. And no player is giving up a job, you know, playing, you know, up the center for the Boston Bruins. So, you know, for these young guys, he's got to understand that you're going to, if you're going to be ready to go take somebody's job, then you better be ready. And, you know, and that's what's exciting for me, you know, as a guy that works with these guys, is that there's a lot of great opportunity. And these guys are all good kids.
1: And so, how about, um, I've actually got a chance to watch a few of your games on the Big Ten Network this season. And I know Johnny has played a little with with, with Jack Becker, the other Bruins prospect on your yep. team. And just how is, uh how is Jack's development come on?
2: Jack's another one who, you know, has great potential. Uh, you know, and Jack's a little bit older. Right. And, you know, and has had to he, – he's a little bit of a different story where, you know, he's a little older yet doesn't, uh, you know, possess some of the, you know, the, uh, now when you talk about Johnny Beecher, the way he skates, I mean, you are talking about a top 5% guy. So it's not, so nobody skates like that. Right. So somebody right. like Jack Becker needs to, you know, is trying to put it all together and understand the same thing that Johnny is that, you know, the things that he does well, which are, you know, he's going to be a physical presence. He's a big winger. And, uh, you know, the mistake that guys make sometimes is they have a little success and then they want to start changing who they are as a player. Mm. Jack Becker is going to be a successful player taking the puck to the net every single time and just creating havoc around him. And you know, he's never going to be the guy that makes moves on guys. He's going to be a guy that presents the puck to you and he's going to look at the D and the D, and everybody else is going to know that he's taking it to the net and he's just going to either go around you, or go through you. And so, you know, as a young guy, Jack is, you know, Jack's a really smart, smart person. You know, he does, you you know, phenomenally well in school. He's going to be an amazing businessman someday if he ever, you know, gets to that point. And for him, it's the same thing. He's got to learn to just do what he's good at Mm. and do it every day and make sure that the head coach knows that you're going to do that every day. And, you know, he's going to have success as well. And Jack's got almost half his career left here as well. He's got right. a year and a half left. Lots of time to turn himself into a player that can then give himself a shot to be a pro. So it's exciting for both those sure. guys. Well, last thing before
0: before I let you go, Steve. Just to double back on Johnny Beecher for a second. When you you mentioned he's mm-hmm. he's probably got a limited you know time there, maybe two years, whatever, however long he spends. Is it we weir- and, and I guess he came in as a guy who was a little overshadowed on the. US team if that's possible you know he had some great talent around him but sure when you bring him yep. in do you, do you want to see him be a leader right away or is that just impossible when he's got juniors and seniors playing
2: with him? I think it typically would be hard if your role on the team wasn't as important but you know and like you said Johnny came in with you know not getting a ton of special teams time last year on the USA team just because of the amount of skill that was there already. Uh, and the amount of first-round picks. So Johnny gets here, and all of a sudden he's playing in all these important positions. He's, you know, hes I believe he's leading our team at face-off percentage or second. So he's out there for all these big draws. He's playing an unbelievable role and, you know, in a position where maybe he didn't have that type of confidence in these situations last year. So, you know, do you want him to be a leader? Yeah, absolutely. We want these guys to be leaders. But they got to start with themselves. And, you know, if the first half of this year is about Johnny gaining confidence in all aspects of his game, you know, the reason why these guys are first-round picks a lot of times is they all have confidence in themselves, you know, and they all play right on that edge where, you know, you might consider somebody maybe a little cocky or, you know, if he gives off the vibe. And, you know what, I believe that, you know, teams really like that. I think your top players have to have that. Just a matter of figuring out that balance, and that's what he's doing. And is he going to be a leader? Yeah, he's a, he will be a leader, you know, in due time. Right now, I think he's doing great, trying to figure out, you know, how good he really is and what he has to do every day to have success.
0: Well, really appreciate you giving us a couple minutes. It's fun chatting with you. Uh, if you're ever back in Boston, yeah, no obviously.
2: problem. Anytime, guys. Yeah, how are things going there?
0: Well, Bruins have lost six to seven, but they uh, they got a nice cushion. So. Panic in the streets.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Got a nice... I was
2: looking at the goalie save percentages, and I'm, I'm looking at like uh, you know point nine two eight and nine two three. So you know, in that <laughs> sense, you know, the, the, those guys are doing great. Exactly. They have a nice team, you know, for sure. Well, so that's you know good for them. Thank you. And Steve. like as usual, the Boston teams are winning.
1: Right. Exactly.
2: For the most part. Yeah. Actually, right. so you guys are—you know—you guys probably think it's not, but you know, for in the outside world, <laughs> you guys are spoiled.
0: Uh, I think everybody here would admit that as well. Hey, have a ho- happy holiday, yeah. Steve. Yeah, Thanks happy for coming holidays, on. Steve. Thank okay, you. you too, guys. Take it easy. Thank bye. you very much. All right, bye.